You're listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. The sound of the voice on the other end of a 911 call is almost always delivered frantically. The needs of the caller on the other end of a 911 call are ones that need to be met immediately. The services sent to a caller during a 911 call are always delivered efficiently. The stories, perspectives, and details created by these calls over more than 20 years are life lessons and legacies for everyone involved, including me. The records are archived for all time, like this podcast, digitally. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa. This is Digitally Dispatched. Hey guys, it's Lisa again. And I was so excited to see your feedback on volume one on the 10 Did You Know Facts About Police Dispatching. I am so excited to share 10 more. How about we jump into volume two? Did you know that police dispatchers are actually superstitious? I know it sounds funny and it is, but we are. Believe it or not, we get more calls when there's a full moon. So if I happen to see on the calendar a full moon's coming up, I quickly look and see if I have to work that day because I know it's going to go crazy in dispatch. I don't know why, but it happens every single time. And oh my goodness, never say the Q word in dispatch. What's the Q word? Mm, Well, I can't say it because if a dispatcher is listening within a dispatch center, I'm going to make everything happen. So it's shh. We can't discuss the Q word, but we're afraid to use it in dispatch. Also, we never use a word that's opposite of fast in dispatch, saying it's been really not so fast in dispatch because as soon as you talk about it not being crazy, it gets crazy. Happens every single time. Dispatchers are known for having what we call spidey senses. What is a spidey sense? Well, we all know Spider-Man, right? And he gets his spidey senses and he knows that something's going on and he goes to the rescue. Well, we get those same senses in dispatch when we're on a call with somebody and they're not quite giving us full answers. They're kind of evading or they're hiding something. We start to feel something's going on. We get a little prickly. So we'll let our officers know, I'm on the call with this person And they're telling me only half the story and they're evading some of the questions I'm asking them. So that lets my officers know to go in with a little extra caution. Not that they're not always cautious going into any call, but it heightens them even more because if a caller is going to be that evasive, there's a lot probably going on behind the scenes that they're not letting us know. So we want to make sure to pay attention to our spidey senses because especially for someone like myself, who's been doing it for a very long period of time, I'm kind of honed in on how people say what they say, their tone, their way they answer their questions, the way they, like I was saying, like if they evade questions, even those that talk too much, there's something going on. Had a situation once where a person told me they had never done drugs or anything, but the way they were talking, they were talking so fast and it was like verbal vomit almost. They were just all over the place with what they were saying. I let my officers know going in that I believe they were under the influence of either alcohol or some type of medication or drug. 
because of the way they were talking, even though they were telling me they'd never done drugs, it wasn't how they sounded. So my officers went in knowing that they may be encountering somebody who is not in the right frame of mind. And I found out later that they were actually under the influence of methamphetamines. And that's what made them talk so fast. And it was the first time they had ever used the drug. So it was hitting them and scaring them that they didn't know what was going on. Pay attention to those spidey senses, keeping our officers safe. And it's great when we get confirmed later that we were right in letting our officers know. This is a perfect spot to talk about our tone as a dispatcher and how we control the calls. We're not controlling the callers per se because you're in control of what you're saying and what you're doing. However, we need to control what we're getting from our callers because the most important thing we need to know, say it with me, location, location, location. We need to know where you are. And from there, we're going to try and extract all the pertinent information to give to our officers where you're located, what exactly is going on, who's there, is it just you, is there other people with you, are there any weapons involved, depending on the type of call. We want to know all the who's, what's, when's, where's, why's, and how's. But the important part is if you're in a heightened state, because a lot of people don't ever have to call 911, and when they do, it's usually because something crazy is going on and they're scared, or They've just been involved in a situation where they don't know what to do. And we need to bring that level down so that we can calmly get the information from them. Not always an easy thing. And I have fallen short a few times of trying to get somebody calmed down. I have some tools that I can use that will help calm you down. I'll ask my caller to take a deep breath. I've asked their name. I can use their name. And that helps a lot in creating a personal connection with the person, I'll tell them, my name is Lisa, and I'm here to help you. And I'll ask their name. And then I'll use their name. Sarah, can you calm down for me? Or Jim, we've got this. We're going to get help to you. My officers are already on the way. And then I've noticed that when somebody's voice is really, really loud and really, really high, if I lower my voice and bring it down to a very calm level, they can't always hear me because they're screaming. It automatically brings them down to my level. And it's great because then all of a sudden, they've taken that deep breath and they can go, okay, this is what else is going on. Sometimes it heightens again. Things do escalate because it is a 911 call and it's a scary situation. But I'm gonna use all the tools I can to try and keep them calm. Let them know that helps on the way. Did you know that dispatchers are lie detectors? It's true. We are. We listen to so many different kinds of calls and different kinds of callers. We can usually tell when you're not giving us the whole truth. We will hear what's going on in the background. Sometimes we'll just have to read between the lines. And it's just a way, it kind of goes in with our spidey senses. We can usually tell when somebody's not giving us the full truth by all the things are given us. I'm either writing down or I'm typing in my computer everything that somebody's telling me. And if I'm being told one thing and then a minute or so into the call, they're telling me something else, mm, something's not jiving. And I'll let my officers know I'm getting conflicting stories now from my caller. Somewhere in between those two things that they've told me is going to be the truth, or at least 
the truth adjacent. But regardless, we can usually sniff out when somebody is not giving us the full truth. And we can ask questions that they're not expecting. And it will trip them up. And then we'll get the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me. Here's one fun fact about dispatchers. A lot of us tend to be creative. Believe it or not, a lot of us like to draw or create music or write stories. I have known several dispatchers who like to bring in sketch pads and just draw. It helps us with everything going on. It gives us a calming place, something else to focus on that's not work-related that we can use the creative side of our minds instead of the analytical side of our minds where we have to figure out everything that's going on and prioritize all the calls and make sure this is, you know, the paperwork is here or the the officers get this. When you have a moment of downtime, you can just take a deep breath and sketch or color. Coloring books are huge in dispatch centers now. Believe it or not, people love to color and they even have coloring books for dispatchers. Some are filled with lots of bad words because <laughs> we tend to have potty mouths. Sad, but true. It's great to have an outlet, a creative outlet while you're in the dispatch center. One of the girls I work with, she has made hats, scarves, baby blankets, prayer blankets for so many people because that's her go-to when she has a little bit of downtime. She'll knit and she does a beautiful job. I like to write. I like to write stories. I like to write my podcasts. I like to draw and I like to color. Those are my creative outlets, but I'm a creative person inside work and outside work. That's just who I am. One of the guys I used to work with, he's still part-time with us. This dude can play any instrument you've set in front of him. Believe it or not, he plays bagpipes. Oh my gosh. When he told me he could play the bagpipes, first I laughed and then he said, hey, <laughs> and he brought in, there's a little piece, it's a, the reed part or whatever that you just play like a flute type thing. And he brought it in and kind of played it for me. And then one night he says, I'll bring in all of it and I'll play for you. Never play the bagpipes in an enclosed place. That's a rule for life. Take that with you. So he went outside and he played and it was amazing. He's done all kinds of funerals and weddings and everything else. But the man is just so talented. He plays the bagpipes. He plays the upright bass, guitar. Like I said, you give him anything, he'll figure out how to play it. He's really talented, as are a lot of dispatchers that I know. While you think about that, I'm going to take a short break. And when we come back, I have a couple more stories to tell you that happened within the last few years. And this will give you the opportunity to hear from my sponsors and see how they can help you. Then we will meet back where we left off with some more scary and gruesome stories. I am Lisa, and you are being digitally dispatched. The one question each podcaster should be asking themselves is, why am I still editing my own podcast? Mike Wilkerson from the Two Guys Talking Podcast here. I've podcasted and edited for over a decade, and I know what an hour and a half podcast turns into when you get in front of the editing stack. Let me tell you, it's not an hour and a half. It's closer to probably double that time. Are you ready to hand off the time you're wasting editing your own podcast? 
Looking for a cost-effective solution that doesn't break the bank but gives you super experienced quality podcasting back to you in a short period of time? Be sure to check out The Editor Core. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Do you like what you're hearing during the Digitally Dispatched podcast? Let's have a conversation about how you can help us grow. Visit my website at digitallydispatched.com and let's find a way to get your organization, business, or effort to benefit from my focused and engaged audience. Let me help you grow your digital footprint and foster educational content on the internet. Open a channel now at digitallydispatched.com. That's digitallydispatched.com. Being a dispatcher and taking calls all day long, because that's our job, we have what we as dispatchers call our frequent flyers. And they're the people who call us on a regular basis, whether it's over 911 calls or the non-emergency lines. They are people who either have mental health issues and they're reaching out just to have somebody to talk to because they might be paranoid or have delusions. It happens a lot. And every dispatch center has people who call on a regular basis. We deal with them differently than we deal with other people because we're so used to hearing from them that we feel we have a relationship with them. Some of our regular callers know me by name and they will ask for me. And that's great. I do my best to help them out. And then others aren't so nice. And they just want to call in and complain about everything. And we hear from them on a regular basis. A lot of my younger listeners aren't going to remember a show called Bewitched. But Samantha on Bewitched had a neighbor, Mrs. Kravitz, who watched out her window all the time. We have a lot of those in our city. Sometimes it's because suspicious vehicles are driving down the street. Sometimes it's because they're seeing things that aren't actually there. And they have officers come out and talk to them. And it's just one of the things that we deal with in dispatch. There's nothing wrong with it. It just happens. Our regular callers, also known as our frequent flyers, will always be a part of the fabric of dispatch. Turning a little more serious, dispatchers go through a lot. I mean, we have a lot of fun talking about the different calls we get and crazy calls. We enjoy talking about all the crazy calls and and different things that we go through in dispatch. However, our jobs can be really, really heavy too. And dispatchers don't always get the end of the story. When we send the officer out on the calls for service, whether it's someone that is found dead or an assault that just occurred or fill in the blank, any call that we take where we're talking to somebody and we're making a personal connection with them to keep them on the line until help gets to them, We feel like we've established a rapport with that caller. And a lot of times we don't find out what happened on the other end because we have to go to the next call. Once our officers are on scene and they take over, we say our goodbyes on 911. They're being helped. And then we get another 911 call and we have to jump into that one. Or we get a a call on the non-emergency line and we jump into that. And we go on with our, our day and then we remember back, oh, 
about three hours ago, so-and-so called and they said that they were just involved in an assault that happened or they witnessed an assault, but we didn't find out what happened. And our officers, like us, are jumping from call to call. They have to go to another call and they can't call us and say, hey, by the way, this person was fine and you did a great job. So we don't always know what the end of the call is. And it's because we're so busy with taking other calls. And that's really hard for us because we don't get the closure. The officers do because they go to the call. They get to see it from beginning to end. The only thing they're not getting is the initial phone call. But they get on scene. They handle the situation. They have a closure. Oftentimes, dispatchers don't. And and that kind of sits hard with us sometimes. It's getting better. Some dispatchers are able to go back and read the reports Afterwards, some dispatchers don't have that luxury that they're able to read the reports. That's just one of the things that that makes our job difficult is that we don't always have an end of the story. When we take 911 calls, the most important thing, like we've discussed, is the location. We want to know where you're at. We don't always care why something happened. As a matter of fact, when you're a kid and you learn in your, your class when you're writing stories, they want to know the who what, when, where, why, and how. Well, we basically want to know that too. The only one that really doesn't fall on the list is the why. And take that out and add in weapons. That's our other W. We need to know that too. And the reason we don't want to know why is because the most important thing for us to give to our officer is where you're located, who you're with, and what happened. We don't necessarily want to know why it happened because It doesn't matter at that point in time. The most important thing is to get help to you for the reason you're calling 911 or the reason you're calling a non-emergency line. You can fill in the why with the officer later. What's most important is what's going on right now and how can I help you? Who can I send to help you the best? Is it going to be a police officer? Is it going to be an ambulance or a fire truck? One of those first responders is going to come and help you. So we need to know where you are and what's going on. When our callers are trying to tell us why things happen and we try and redirect them to tell us what's going on right now, it's not because we don't care why it happened. It's because we care about getting the correct help to you. We want to make sure that if you need a police officer, that they're on the way. If you need an ambulance or the fire department to respond, we want to make sure that they're on the way. It doesn't really matter why. And it's not that we don't care why, it's what matters is that you get the help that you need right now. Save the why for the officer once they're on scene. And since we're talking about more serious things right now, did you know that a lot of dispatchers have a form of PTSD or are traumatized because of the job that we do? This is why most dispatchers only last about two years in the job. That's crazy to me. I've been doing this job for more than 20 years. What am I thinking? <laughs> well, I love what I do, and I, I love being able to help people. And it just seems to be the right fit for me. But it's not for everyone. This job can really get to people because there's so much going on. I have, in the course of my career, listened to a person take their life while I was on the phone with them. I have listened to a mother cry to me because they found their child had taken his own life. I've listened to mothers cry because their baby was choking and now the baby's crying. That means the baby's breathing. I get a little choked up with them because the baby's going to be okay. 
there's so many things that we go through. And it, I'm telling you, it's a gamut of everything. And we have highs, we have lows, we have good days, we have bad days. But the thing for dispatchers, the reason I think that they leave within two years or at about two years is because it can take a toll on a person. Things we suffer from because of the traumatic situations that we're put in. And like we just talked about a moment ago, not getting closure, we it can cause insomnia. We can feel grief that the callers are feeling. It gives us anxiety. We can suffer from burnout. Anybody in any job can get to a burnout point. Well, we do too. And dispatchers have to find a way to deal with all those emotions, whether it's taking themselves to therapy, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I go to therapy myself. I really want to take a moment to just say thank you to any dispatchers who are listening or to any family members that are listening that know somebody who dispatches because it takes a lot to do our job. And to go through the ups and downs that come with it, I commend you for being able to go in each day and do the job because it's not for everyone. Last but not least, something that might be surprising is that sports fans don't call 911 because they're watching the game. What? I know it's crazy, but believe it or not, there are some people who are so into their sports, so into their sporting events, that they will wait till the end of the game before they'll call and say, I think I need an ambulance because I'm having chest pains. Or they flipped over backwards because they were cheering so hard for whatever team they were watching, and they might have broken their arm or dislocated a shoulder, but they choose to wait till the end of the game to call 911 for help. Don't do this. <laughs> no game is worth your health. If you have chest pains, if you have broken something or have injured something, call 911 right away so we can get help to you. You can watch the end of the game at the hospital. So that was volume two of the 10 Did You Know Facts About Police Dispatch. There are even more facts that I can't wait to share with you in Volume 3. Other than the bagpipes, which one surprised you the most? I'd love to hear what you think. Head on over to my website at digitallydispatch.com. Let me know what you think. That's digitallydispatch.com. The calls, stories, and legacies I share are dispatched digitally. The lessons learned by all, the callers, you, especially me, are a piece of my life's unfolding story that I'm proud to share and are preserved digitally. Your thoughts, ideas, and comments can be sent to me electronically at my website, digitallydispatched.com. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa, and you have been digitally dispatched. <laughs>